You're listening. No. You're listening to the Buns.com Podcast Network. (laughs) (laughs) Buns, buns, buns. Okay. Uh, Hello, lovers. Welcome to You Gotta Love It, the show where you tell us and the rest of the world the things that you love that we might have missed. The show where you can come to discover the best things you never knew existed. And the show where you can force us to sit through the worst entertainment you can find and say, well, you gotta love it. My name is Koji. I am a part-time sneakerhead and full-time deal hunter. And with me, as always, is my good friend and... Two points. Two points. Yeah. Raptors enthusiast, apologist, I'm not sure. Beach Hill Smoke. Oh my God, Andrew, you, uh, lover. Yeah, Andrew Patterson. But we also have a special guest, don't we, Andrew? That's right. And that special guest is? Sean William Clark. Oh, hey guys. Return guest. Return guest. One yeah, of right. a select few of return guests. Round two. I'm so happy to be yeah. back. I love this. This is happy, really great. Happy to have you back. Yeah. I, I La- mean... And last time it was before your new record came out. Yeah. Yeah, right before. Now well, I have Toronto musician mm-hmm. Sean William Clark recently released. What album is this? Album number uh, three. album number three. Yeah, Topaz. Yeah, yeah, it's out in the world. People much listen to, to it. much much positive acclaim, if yeah. I understand correctly. Yeah, the the people who actually get a chance to hear it like it. <laughs> <laughs> I see. I see. So yeah, if I can get it into people's ears. I uh, made my generally list. speaking, it was on my list. I know. I appreciate that. List. Thank you very much. And that was a great list. I always look forward to your your year end list. There's a few people Thanks. I know who release year end lists, and I look forward to them. And yours is one of them uh, because I I usually know like thirty percent of the people on the list. And I'm like, yes, I, I got. Try, I, I got try to keep it to, mixed up. You know? Yeah. I try to. It's like a good variety of stuff. But anyway, that's. No. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna do the same thing next year. I think, but with movies. Oh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go through like all the things that we've con- consumed and all the things that, you know, whatever I just consume in my off time and just, I'll try and put together a list of my faves. I saw Shape of Water last night, by the way. Oh yeah, Did that's all like? my. The two movies that are on my list right now are Shape of Water and yeah. Billboards. I think it is the perfect Guillermo del Toro movie for okay. people who are not familiar with Guillermo del Toro movies. Oh, okay, cool. You know what I mean, like. Watching it, I'm like, oh, I see why people like this, the the like society as a whole embraces this movie as opposed to like this is the best Guillermo movie right. ever. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, anyway, but that's not what we're here to talk about. No. We're here to do another music episode. These are always tough for me. Yeah. These music ones because uh, for whatever reason, music is the one sort of thing that we look at. I mean, we've looked at comics, we looked at movies, we looked at TV shows, we could do books, whatever. But for Music seems the most subjective to me. I agree. I agree. As a musician, I, I've always thought that. I used to get in arguments with my friends about because I'm a uh, well. I used to be more of a film buff than I am now, but I used to always say, you know, like, no, film is more uh, like uh, music is more subjective. Film is more objective. You can yeah. think. Mm-hmm. I think there's uh, a lot more. Yeah, and uh, so I have the same problem. I'd be happy to do a movie one with you guys one day. But yeah. Uh, <laughs> make it happen. But yeah, I guess it doesn't have to be. The next music. Star Wars roundtable. Oh, my That's God. That's what I said. Yeah. That sounds amazing. On the way over here. I said that to him when we were on the bus. Yeah. Yeah, we should do like, that yo, again. Yeah, but for like our 100th episode, maybe, which is coming up. Soon. It's fast approaching. Yeah. 
We had a bit of a, it was a kind of, a, it's been a, uh, action-packed day we had some delicious barbecue oh my god that we so just good. about didn't get yeah that, that's gonna be my my recommendation for the week okay dope. and then we had uh we, we just watched a raptors game that was heartbreaking as heartbreaking fucking, game it was so crazy they just lost to two points to golden state yeah after coming back from a 27 point deficit but that's not what we're here to talk about no however i will say that what is coloring how i remember the releases that we're about to talk about is A, the Raptors losing by two points and the amount of barbecue that ate, but B, we also just had like a, a little record listening party. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We got a lot pa- packed into this evening. This yeah. has been a fun Saturday night. It's, yeah. yeah, it's been good. It's been really good. I'm glad I got to share with you guys. Yeah, Thanks same for, here. It was good. Uh, yeah. Better if the Raptors had won, but still, still good. Sure. Um, but I think it's interesting before you go on that like, so again, with the whole music subjectiveness yeah. thing, I think that like a lot of music can be colored by your experiences yes. while having listened to that music as opposed to like, I mean, I could understand if you're having a shitty day, you go to a movie, you're like, I don't like this movie. Yeah. Maybe that might happen, but it's far less likely because I guess you can consume songs over and over and over again. And if you're in a shorter form, yeah, well. if you're in mm-hmm. like a, a, a period of time where, you know, whatever, you just broke up with somebody, let's just say, and you're listening to the song on repeat, whenever you hear that song, it's not just going to be that song that you're right. hearing. Right. Whereas right. opposed to like, it's very rare that you're like, oh, this movie really brings me back to like, I don't know. Yeah. I think, I think the other thing, like music is so easy to multi, you know, like with a movie, you go see a movie at a movie theater, you're watching, you're in a black space mm-hmm. focusing yeah. on the movie. Whereas music, I think that, you know, my, what I've learned, obviously I'd say the three of us, we like really are passionate about music, mm-hmm. like make music, at least to, two of the people here mm-hmm. make music, but it's, it is an experience that we would be likely to do while doing nothing else and really focusing on it. Whereas mm-hmm. I think that generally music is something that's very easy to like, you're focusing on a bunch of things and music is on. So it's like, let, you know, it's like way easier yeah. to be like, uh, maybe not necessarily dismissive, but like, you know, I, I have found that any time that I, for example, if it's nighttime, right, mm-hmm. I'm like, instead of reading or something, I put on my headphones and listen mm-hmm. to something. Yeah. It's a vastly different experience from listening to it at work or listening to it in the car or whatever, you know, like, yeah. it's it's like you're in a vacuum. The only thing you're focusing on is the music and mm-hmm. you notice so much more and it, it can like make or break things. Like you'll listen to things you've listened to like dozens of times and you're just like, holy fuck, this is actually way more amazing than I thought it was. Right. You yeah, know, so you, you listen to different things that exactly, within yeah. the music. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, uh, <coughs> well, and I, and I have a bit a tangent, of a, but I have a bit of a, um, uh, I'm a bit ahead of the game because I picked the, the second album. Right. Uh, so I've heard it before and you, I don't think you guys had heard that album before. I'm not too sure. I no. to so it. this so, is the hidden so gem. You can inter- introduce do you want it. To, we'll do that. Maybe we'll do the first one first, get the, thing out of the way or do you well, have an order we, no do you we usually know? do the gem first. oh okay perfect okay yeah. well then the hidden gem so i picked an album that i love from a band i don't love uh which is u2 and okay yeah. that's interesting you say that because I, I have a question for you but i'll okay. let you uh and the album is zuropa uh this was an album that came out in uh, i believe 1993 uh it was um i think the last worthwhile uh, U2 album. <laughs> uh, I have a friend who would argue that Pop is the last, the next album is the last u- good U2 album. I'm I'm not that type of guy. I just don't know. Sorry, go on. I yeah, like, I anyways. To, uh, do the whole rundown, you know? Yeah, so it was an album. It was produced by uh, Flood and Brian Eno. 
uh, and um, it's just a, it's a fun album. Uh, it's not very political like a lot of their albums, which um, is not necessarily a, a good or a bad thing. I just think it's a unique thing within their canon. Uh, well, I mean, during that period. Right. Um, and yeah, so that was the album I, I, I threw at you guys. So, like, so they did uh, Octung Baby, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Then this one? Uh, yeah, and on the, the Zoo TV tour was like the big thing that influenced this album. Yeah, that right. was like a huge thing. Yeah, it was like huge. Well, so what I was going to say was, first of all, I assumed you were a fan of you two, and that's why you picked this album. Mm. And like at one point, they were without question, like the biggest rock band in the world. Yeah. Like hands down, the, the biggest rock band in the world. And I never got into you two. No, me neither. And it's weird because I think this goes back to what we were saying in the beginning. That's kind of colored my listening of this album because like, it's almost as if I wasn't open to really listening to it. Like I listened to it and I was just like, yeah, but I don't like this. Right, 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 right. Yeah. If I, if I, maybe if you just put on the album and not, well, I obviously would have heard his voice and been like, this is you too. But like, you know, in a vacuum, right. Mm -hmm. In a vacuum, I might've been able to be like, okay, this is, but like, Mm. I don't know. I just I could never get into you two, and and just now it it's just one of those things that comes on, and I'm like, immediately I I know it's you two, and I'm just like this is boring. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I uh, kind of similar. You two is sort of white noise to me, but I will admit that for whatever reason, I I almost assume I think it may be just like, not that I had any friends that were like diehard U two fans, but growing up in a small town, even like pre internet. Or as the internet was like, you know, in its very early stages, right. and it was something that was on the radio, right? Yeah. So it's like, it wasn't really until, I guess, the internet really started like blowing up. Like I bought a lot of CDs, but I don't know. It's just like po- things that were popular. That's what found its way to me initially, like when I was really yeah. young. So there's, mm-hmm. like, you know, as soon as I started kind of making more decisions for myself about what i liked and what i didn't like you two very quickly fell by the wayside but like you know bloody earth like bloody sunday was it is it called sunday, Sun- sunday, sunday bloody, bloody sunday? sunday yeah yeah you know which you just i would hear like four times a day yeah, on yeah, the radio totally. and stores and stuff like that and i didn't hate it you know yeah. in fact it was like catchy and i was like oh you know it was like that kind of top 40 there's a lot of songs during that time that i would be like oh yeah like i like this because yeah. i know it you know or it'd be on like the type of stuff that later was like big shiny tunes or, you know what I mean? Right. Like it was yeah. Kinda, yeah. That was the basically hits. my interaction yeah. with them. It's right. Like knowing a couple of those songs and even mm-hmm. liking them, but not liking them for like the last like, f- you know, 15, like 20 years of my right. life. Maybe. Right. Yeah. So, but this album, I had no idea it even existed. Yeah. Cause none of the hits are like, there are some hits, but they weren't, they're not songs that like you hear a lot nowadays, but they're, yeah, totally. But what's interesting though is because I was not into U two other than maybe the what was on the radio, mm-hmm. and just like actively avoided them as mm-hmm. an adult, uh, it almost gave me that like fresh listening. Like I went into it because of you being like, oh yeah, it's like an album, a U two album that like a lot of people seem to not really be super into. Yeah, but I I think it's really good. So I went into it almost it felt clean. Like I, yeah. like I booted it up and I also felt that initially like right out of the gates is like, this doesn't sound like you two to me. Yeah. I don't think it sounds like something that I love, but it sounded right. like I was just like, this is not what I was expecting. I was expecting straight up just like, mm-hmm. you know, the edge, like doing 
washed out, like reverberated yeah. guitar. And like, even like Bono, like he doesn't sing. I feel like for the first several tracks, he doesn't even sing in the way that I'm used to. Yeah. I'm used to him doing the Sunday, bloody Sunday, like yeah. really like, you know, kind of, um, I don't know what the word I'm looking. Not yeah, like but falsetto, he really but like pushes. High, yeah, yeah, yeah. This the beginning is all like, yeah, you know, yeah, like weird, sh- like chin, yeah. yeah. This ditch technique. He's like singing in <laughs> German and stuff. Yeah, it's uh, well, and that's the thing. I think that's why this is like, I think a more accessible album for people who aren't YouTube fans too, because he doesn't. There's two songs on on the album that he's not the singer on. Like the Edge sings "Numb," which was one of the hits from that album, which I love. A lot oh, of people hate that, that, was that song. The edge. That, that was the that Edge singing that. And yeah. and at the end, the wander is sung by Johnny Cash, which is so odd, so, so crazy. When I saw it, the I was listening to it online, like on Google Play, and it says featuring yeah. Johnny Cash. So I was like, oh, maybe this is like one of those like old, like under pressure, you know, like I just yeah. never heard of this or something. But yeah. then I like, like a duet, yeah. yeah. But no, it just is like I was like, is this like a weird remake? Like not early night? Like what's going on? But what's interesting about that? Yeah, this has been a good series of segues. Good. Is that I? People are gonna. This is probably gonna come off as some seriously aggressive blasphemy, particularly okay. to I would say uh, Koji. Okay. Mm-hmm. I felt like even though it's not on the same level in terms of my enjoyment or or how good I think it is, mm-hmm. uh, it reminded me a lot of early '90s, like like early Radiohead. The because, production, you mean, on the album? Yeah, because. Yeah. Because <laughs> even the album art, like it had this weird yeah. digital image, you know, yeah, a lot of the yeah. content about and like the effects and the way that every like it's That's like they started to go down a path or they made an album that could have been like the equivalent of like the transition from like, you know, you had the Benz and Pablo Honey and stuff. And then like the sort of OK computer, like when they kind of veered, you know, yeah. And yeah. Then everything after that point just got more and more experimental and then they found, I would say, like in the two, you know, recently in their last couple albums, like a balance between this like far out electronic, like ambient experimental music and like almost like popular stuff. But mm-hmm. they didn't they it sounds nothing like their old, like right. traditional. Yeah. And that's this felt like a balance, but it seems almost like you two went this way. And then yeah. they were like, no, we're going to go back. Well, it's interesting. And Pablo Honey we came in. out the same year. right? I was just about to say that. Yeah. Yeah. It's I right. was just about to say that. Yeah. Like, it's really funny that. Yeah. It's almost like a the it, like it would be it would fit in between the bends and okay computer or, yeah you know like is that maybe was i don't know if i've never heard tom york talk about you too but no. maybe it's like they heard this record and then he was just like oh you know it'd be cool and mm. then they just did it uh, it, they did it better yeah yeah <laughs> you know yeah, something well, i don't know well it, what <laughs> makes what i love the, this this album is just how like they're trying to do something different yeah uh which i think is a is something they stopped doing i think pop they tried to do something different too but i don't feel like they've tried to do anything different since then right they found a formula they go with it and i think even like some of the songs fail a bit like i think even the song zuropa if you listen to the structure of it you can hear um you can hear where what they're trying to do, uh, but like they're not quite doing it. But I kind of like that, if that makes sense. Like it's like you can hear them trying to do something with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't always work. It's, like it's still being like workshopped. Yeah, almost. and there's it has also, potential. Yeah, and uh, and then and then they just kind of dropped this, dropped it or something, and then went on. And then the rest of their albums were like music by committee. Yeah, and I think the other thing that we do, I think inevitably we talk about it when we, we're especially when we're doing music episodes, is considering the context like of when this came out mm-hmm. what this would have sounded like then because like for me now when i hear somebody doing like 
you know, when I go to like a record store and somebody's like, oh, you got to listen to this like band from the eight, insert band from the eighties. <coughs> they were doing like, yeah. they were experimenting with like yeah. electronic sounds when it, before it was like really like a yeah. popular thing to do. And like, sometimes I'll listen to it and very rarely am I like, this is amazing because I'm so into that type of music now that I've heard it like basically perfected and experimented yeah, right. with yeah, yeah, for like yeah. two decades. I've had that conversation so many times. So like, I get that I, for when sure. When I hear it now, I can, it's like, it's like lots of like groundbreaking bands where, or like albums where I'm like, oh yeah, I can appreciate this, but yeah. like, I don't, it, that it's, my ears have now been not tainted, but like, yeah. um, they've gotten a taste for what the logical next steps after this. Right. Would be. You know what I mean? Right. So it's like yeah. a weird, like it's hard to put yourself in the, mm-hmm. I, I feel like the only type of music that there are two types of music that I've been able to do that with. One is, is hip hop. Mm-hmm. Like I find that I can go back to like fucking, I, you know, like it, late eighties when it was like that, like a, bit, a year ago. Yeah. Me yeah. and my friends. Like that, yeah, yeah. I can still like find stuff to be like, <laughs> right. oh, this is sick. And the same with punk, like early punk where it's like, yeah, it's so raw. Well, I'll, yeah. you know, I know you guys, you guys are into this, stuff, but I, I like punk music for me ends by the end of the, with the end of the eighties. Like right. I, I don't think anything that was called punk after, <laughs> after that is much, of, I don't think much of it sure. is punk, you know? Gotcha. It's all like mm-hmm. clean and like yeah. guys from the suburbs, you know, I'm just kind of like, I don't dig this. You know what I mean? For sure. Yeah. yeah I but think- I, but I know what you're saying. And I, and I think it's like kind of two ways you'd see that I get, I have the same thing, you know, sometimes I'll listen to something and be like, yeah, okay. I can see contextually why mm-hmm. it's interesting. But sometimes I like, sometimes I actually are more drawn to the, um, the experimentation of it and it, it like and it's not the genre that you're that um that they're saying like like so some like saying like oh yeah they experimented with what would become electronic music or whatever but it, yeah. and it's not that and sometimes it's better than that like because yeah. it's not that i always i think of like, it's like a genre of its own almost yeah it's like, like its early kraut rock stuff i think which like incorporates a lot of things that other music would end up doing later on i think mm-hmm. has this like wonderfulness about it that i will take over some of this the the stuff that was created right. out of it you know um yeah i kind of think about w- what you were saying about how you know some people will listen to things and not contextualize it and it's when you he- the, i mean the ultimate example of this i think mm-hmm. in my mind is when you hear like young kids be like i don't like the beatles yeah not that like it's it's because it it almost sounds like it's mandated. You have to like the Beatles. Mm-hmm. Like, like that's basically the statement that I'm saying. But like, yeah. <laughs> you kind of do because they they pretty much did so much. But all the, all these kids who like have no context for it yeah. would, you know, and the ones who are like, oh, I don't like the Beatles. It's just because the, like, like you said, although the Beatles like really experimented with everything, and like, yeah, we we have a lot, a lot of what we listen to, you know, goes back to that. The, it, that doesn't matter to them because it's just like, yeah, yeah, okay, maybe they started this thing, but that was like a million years ago. It doesn't even fucking sound like what I want. Yeah, exactly, it's yeah. sound. You know, like yeah. people could argue that, like, you know, some of the harder stuff that we listen to maybe like has some roots in Helter Skelter or something. But yeah. like, you know, there's no scene kids being like, "Yo, Helter Skelter is like the <laughs> fucking best song I've ever heard in my life." You Top know? five. Yeah, yeah. It's it is it is like an interesting phenomenon. Yeah. I think like one thing. Uh, like I still uh, obviously uh, like actively immerse myself in like new music as it comes out. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I have found that, you know, every once in a while it's a bit challenging for me. Like I can't, I, I, 
I think that it's a natural for people to kind of age out, particularly, I, I think largely it's because people just don't have time, you know, like it's not, it's not. And I don't even know if it's about that. It's just more about like, this already reminds me of something that I know that I like better. Right. But I think, th- but my point was just going to be like, I think there are people who are dedicated to it, particularly like uh, somebody like, uh, oh fuck, I just totally brain farted, <laughs> BBC uh, or like Zane Lowe or like, you know, oh, yeah. there are people that are like, they're DJs yeah. that, and tastemakers who are like significantly older than we are. I'm not yeah, saying yeah. Zane Lowe, but you know what I mean? And like, yeah. they're able to, I don't think it's just because that part, part of it is they have an ear for it, but when you immerse yourself in it and you actively engage consistently, yeah, I think it's easier to like, you know, so-called have the finger on the pulse or like yeah. access new sounds that for other people, like I would even argue most of our friends, like people that we have on the show, like when I recommend music and people are like, I don't know what you're talking about right, right. now. And it's like, Okay, but mm-hmm. like you know, lots of times when you play something for them, they're like, "Oh, this is actually really good." The, this is a roundabout way of saying that for me, there's still moments where like kids now, what's popular, it is like a challenge for me. I'm like, how? Like it's yeah. it's so weird. Like I'm definitely at the in between stage. Like a lot of these, uh, particularly in rap, because there's still so much great rap coming out. Yeah. But then there's like this no sub- rap's dead, bro. Subset, like, <laughs> yeah, didn't you hear? Like Ken- Kendrick Lamar releases something like he's like uni- almost universally loved, right? Yeah. He's like yeah. he's incredible, and he's oh, making yeah. this amazing music. And then yeah. like you know, there's these um, particularly last year, there was a lot of these guys that were fighting legal battles for like fucking murder and like sexual assault and stuff. Yeah, yeah. But they're like 17 years old, but they are releasing these songs that. I just find it really hard to see where it has evolved from and right. what is appealing about it mm-hmm. other than old people don't like it. Right. And, and like, but, but, is, I, but I actually, but sometimes was, that's enough. Well, and it, I don't even, I've I, never I, felt that way. I don't even I've think it's, I don't way. even think it's that uh, particular. I think it's like when you're growing up, you, I mean, we have, uh, we've talked about before con- we have context we have like we have you know how many years of musical listening mm-hmm. um that is built and we've mm-hmm. grown and we've gone are uh, gone in different directions you listen to this and then that makes you want to listen to this and this and this and you think like that wasn't the case when when i was in high school like i ha- i listened to like le- like classic rock because my dad had classic rock records and mm-hmm. and then i had a buddy who liked classic rock so mm-hmm. suddenly we had this thing to talk about uh but i could just as easily have gotten into uh, i don't know who was big at the time Wu-tang, i don't know Wu-tang. well it could have been yeah i could have been my buddy could have been lincoln well I'm a, i was in a lincoln park no that this was before that yeah though. i'm a little i'm a little older than you andrew oh. <laughs> <laughs> um sure. but all i'm saying is like it's like when you look at it that way when it's like what what your access is to you you're gonna you're listening to your friends and what they like and right. uh because they're your tastemakers you know your parents aren't your tastemakers when you're you for know sure. 14 or whatever for sure right yeah i think that like that you know whatever gets you on the path and like people you know that taste change for sure mm-hmm. i just it's just like interesting to me i think i i will say this though i think part of when i was younger especially Part of the reason why I got into what I got into was like a friend's brother was like, yo, here's some here's some stuff for you to listen. Like, and it was like, whatever, fat records, comps and like weird other stuff like that. And I never I had no idea what this was. Yeah. But like part of the reason I loved it even more is when I would play it for people, they'd be like, what? What is yeah, this? Yeah. Like, mm. what the fuck are you listening to? And I was like, oh, you don't know what this is? OK, nice. 
You just sit back, right? Yeah. And I feel like that that's an extension of, oh, you don't like this? Oh, now I really like it. Yeah, because totally. like, especially if you don't like the people who don't like it, you're like, mm. oh, okay, cool. Well, sure. Or like, and, and uh, you know, I, I think about um, when I was in high school, also uh, when I was like early high school, like grade nine, um, my teacher turned me on to like, uh, well, I was getting into jazz and he turned me on to Miles Davis uh, through... Uh, Bitches Brew, which he had a record of that I listened to. That's and a I good loved, one. Loved it. And through there, I got in a John Coltrane. But I had to do this searching on my own uh, because, you know, I didn't have any friends who were into it. Um, and I went to the library and I rented uh, rented a, a, a CD by John Coltrane, uh, Ascension. I believe that's what it's called. And I'd never heard it. I had never heard that period of John Coltrane. So this is like, this is like freak out Coltrane. This is like post, you know, this is post Giant Steps. This is... Um, uh, post uh, a love supreme which is a little out there too so this that's uh, a great one too yeah, yeah. And it's so good and uh, so this album is and i remember uh i put it in my into our computer because that's the only thing i knew what to do with the computer was to play cds <laughs> and i put it on i turned it on and my family was in the living room and i played it and i didn't know what was going on i didn't get it and my family really didn't get it and i was like well there's gonna be something to it if they don't like i love my family but like if they don't get it there must be something i'm missing right now because yeah. like they're not gonna get it you know what i mean like <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. and so that got me on the path of like trying to listen and trying to understand right. what i can get out of it which i have i i, I love that stuff but Anyways. Well, to bring it back to you too. Yeah. This is kind of the, so I don't really have a lot of things to say about this record because I had a very good friend of mine, my neighbor growing up. Mm -hmm. She had an older brother who was YouTube, like fucking loved YouTube. There's right. posters in his room everywhere, Zoo TV shit, like yeah. constantly listening to all this stuff. Mm -hmm. And uh, not that like. I didn't mind his taste in music. He definitely introduced me to like he was the first one to, to um, introduce me to the Counting Crows when okay, when yeah. that album came out, and I was like, uh, the first the first one, yeah, yeah, and I was like, oh shit, what is this? And I love that album. I, yeah. To this day, I love that album. I've grown into the Counting Crows like very recently, but yeah, <laughs> like the the first two albums, I'm like in love with still. Yeah. Um, so you know, it's not it's not like I I was like fuck this guy. I don't want to listen to anything he's listening to, but like for whatever reason, listening to it brings me back to that period mm -hmm. and it was at the point where i was like no man i want to like be i don't want to be like these guys who like love this shit because he was a little bit older and all of his friends loved yeah. whatever it like it reminds me of like i don't know the cranberries and annie lennox and yeah. all this stuff and all i'm stuff like that was popular at the time right yeah. and i'm like you didn't no. like annie lennox no no i said again it's not that i don't like the stuff that was popular because <laughs> i actually had an annie, Le annie lennox album at one point but like in my head, I'm just thinking to myself, like, I'm not that guy. Yeah. You know? And so, like, totally it's hard. And it's weird because to go back to the very beginning, I would never think that about a movie. I wouldn't put a movie on and be like, well, fuck this movie immediately. Which is really funny because it's it's very easy to do that with movies. It's fine. Because like, I, I don't really do that either so much. Maybe I used to a little bit, but... But not as my. I know some people who did. You know, he'd be like, "Oh yeah, Crispin Glover's films like my best, my favorite film." It's like, no, it's not. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not. Don't give me that. Um, <laughs> so, I, <laughs> but you're right. I think it's more. I don't know. Music. Maybe it's because music's so like attached 
like in a social way to growing up more so than movies and and for longer than movies that like well at that age especially i think because you don't have an identity you identify so much with like those sort of cultural things like music like oh you're a rock kid you're like a fucking whatever Mm -hmm. rap kid or whatever however you define yourself in high school like yeah it's and I, you know, and, and there might be a bit of that for me because I bought this album when it came out, so '93, so I was 13 years old, and I was listening to classic rock. And this was one of the first modern albums I bought, and I bought it on cassette. I bought it at the Mac store when they sold cassettes very briefly, uh, and and it was an album that no one else. I, I, and when I think about it, I don't remember anyone else talking about it of my friends, and I just really dug that album. And it just stuck with me for years. And I and I and so I wonder sometimes if it's nostalgia. But then I also think I bought another cassette that day. I bought two cassettes that day. And the other cassette I bought was Aerosmith, Eat the Rich. And that's an awful album. So <laughs> <laughs> so it's hard to like, it's hard to like say whether it's pure nostalgia that brings me to that record. Or I'm still nostalgic about some of that, that horrible stuff. album? <laughs> I, I don't know what came out in 93. We've, we've only mentioned three of them so far. So. <laughs> 93 Till Infinity by Souls of Mischief is pretty good pretty good album oh yeah i'll and, get ba- and song i'll get back to you on that one yeah right. yeah look look that up because i don't know what else came out that year so that was a pretty big year for me listening to music so what was your first uh, album andrew my first album yeah this wasn't my first album by the way but yeah. I, was, go ahead. I thought you said it was the first one you uh, bought no sorry i think it was the first modern album i bought, I bought okay. a lot of like led zeppelin cassettes and like Jimi hendrix and so stuff what, like that. what was what was your first sort of Outside of your parents, by maybe, yeah. <laughs> or outside of your, yeah. Andrew's thinking. I'm thinking. I don't know. Uh, it's kind of blurry. I can remember a lot of the early albums that I got, but a lot of them were gifts that I asked for. I'm trying to think of like the first one I bought with my own money. Mm-hmm. It might have even been like a Blink One Eighty Two or something. Oh yeah. Oh wow. Like that, but like that late in, like Blink One Eighty Two, like Anima of the State. I might right. have even gotten that as a gift. But like, I remember I had like early on, it was like a good mix because I I would have like I have like Dance Mix Ninety Three. <laughs> so you have your best album in 93 then right dance mix 1993 absolutely yeah and then, but then also i had like tracy chapman cd uh like i had new oh. beginning i had uh alanis morissette's jagged little pill of course my uncle got me stevie wonder songs in the key of life then i would have oh, like yeah. lincoln park hybrid theory fucking limp biscuit whatever it was like a yeah. right out of the gates it was like a pretty diverse mix of stuff the first cassette Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, and then I feel like where I really picked up momentum, like pre, like when I was in, I don't know, is it, it was all like everything bled into each other. Like I got really into anime in like the mid nineties mm-hmm. and that led me to just constantly be looking up anime music videos and fan made shit and soundtracks, which led me to like, like that was like a, a huge eye opening experience. Anime music videos, like these fan made videos that mm-hmm. I would just watch over and over again and be like oh what is this song and i would fucking go on napster and i would find that ba- i would just type in the band's name and then right. download like everything by them right um but yeah anyway around that time like just before getting into high school i got really into like mid 90s into ninja tune oh yeah. one of my friends in high school was like a super into their compilations like fu- uh funk jastical technology and funk confusion and stuff like that <laughs> and i was like this is amazing like this is like the coolest shit ever and yeah. that was like my first real 
like I I was buying that shit up like crazy. There's yeah. like this used CD store in downtown Kingston, and I would just fucking like uh, every Amon Tobin album, every, yeah. Like DJ Food, DJ Vadim, Up Bustle and Out compilations, fucking what like whatever I could get my hands on because it was always cheap. It was yeah. like used CDs and not very good. Yeah, five ninety nine or something. Yeah, six ninety nine. I shit that I could afford back here. then. Yeah, I used um, to get all the Eamon Tobin records. And, oh yeah. yeah, so I, I got really into that. Uh, experimental hip hop turntablism world music mm-hmm. weird that kind of stuff um, that's probably one of the things I probably spend money that and I still <coughs> was very much into popular mainstream music like right. yeah you know whatever fucking all American rejects but again this is like late 90s I guess going mm-hmm. into the 2000s but that's kind of funny yeah it, so it was like a weird mix the for sure. first albums I remember owning mm-hmm. on cassette mm-hmm. that I got like that were of my own choosing right we're pro- Beverly Hills Cop we're as well. What's oh. that? Beverly Hills Cop? Beverly Hills Cop, sorry. Oh, right, right. We're probably Nevermind. Oh, yeah. And uh, Michael Jackson, cassette. Oh, yes. I had the King of Pop compilation. Um, oh, yeah. I had the, the uh, whatever album was the Black or White. Oh, yeah. Um, I, can, I, can I think pic- it was called Black or White. Was it, it called something? I don't know. I can picture the cover, but... Yeah. Uh, and... Uh, I think the first CD I ever bought, like once CDs became a thing, yeah, was Dookie. Oh yeah, yeah. Man, yeah, yeah. I never owned a single Nirvana anything. Same here. Ever. I Still, never liked to this day. Same but here. To go back to. Oh, that's not true. I had uh, unplugged in New York on cassette. Hmm. To go back to 1993. Oh yeah. I will say that the cool and. The cool answer would be enter the Wu Tang Clan, right? But, <laughs> or, or doggy style. But I definitely wasn't that cool. But so fucking Midnight Marauders. For oh, me, yeah. it was either Siamese Dream or August and Everything After. Yeah, yo. Because I didn't get into Pablo Honey until after the Benz. Yeah, I didn't love Pablo Honey when it came out, but uh, debut Bjork's album. This is okay. This is in retro. So I'm not saying that I like this stuff at the time. No, so I'm I'm saying at the time for me it was Siamese Dream. Yeah, right. And uh, August and everything after. This is a big year. But looking at this list, the year for hip hop, we already, most people know. KRS-One. Like the, the early 90s was like a golden, you know, that people refer to it as the golden age, the yeah. 80s and 90s. Fucking Tripod Quest, Midnight Marauders, De La Soul's Balloon Mind State, which I have recently been listening to on yeah. like repeat, and I want them desperately to reissue because it's yeah. uh, amazing. It's like one of their records where it kind of went under the radar, you know, at the t- Anyway. Uh, yeah, the Wu-Tang. Fucking Wu-Tang. Black Sunday, Cypress Sale, oh yeah, shit. Entered a stage by Black Moon, reaching a new refutation of Diggable Planet. Like, oh, it's, Diggable it's, Planets, yeah. Yeah, like, holy shit. Jeez. Like, looking back at this, I'm like, oh. It's funny, and I'm looking through here on the albums I owned, and I owned uh, River of Dreams by Billy Joel, mm-hmm. uh, Get a Grip by Aerosmith. <laughs> oh, 311 released music Tupac in Shakur. Yeah. yeah. Oh, shit. Anyway, we're coming. Dinosaur yeah, Jr., so Where I, You Been? So you too, <laughs> yeah. But so anyways, I, all that to I, I did. So I liked the experience. I I guess <coughs> bringing it back to you know, full circle. I did. I think the experimentation was probably what I would say that I enjoyed yeah. about this. Hearing like the you two that didn't sound like you two is yeah. very interesting. There's some great grooves on this album. Like um, uh, some days are better than others. Is like is like just the best groove. It's got this like bass groove. Then boom, doom, 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 doom. It's got this yeah. great groove. Um, a lot of it sounds like, uh, like, like Prince Light, like songs like Baby Fist, Baby <laughs> Face sounds like Baby Fist, Baby Face sounds like, uh, <laughs> like Prince Light, you know, like, uh, yeah, I can see that. um, I, it's, yeah, sorry, go ahead. Lemon. 
another song that kind of sounds like that. Uh, it's in, the lyrics are are not great. Like, I really, I have, didn't have enough time to really pay attention to them. You know, it's interesting because you know like, I talked about earlier how it's not very political, like their music, like their other uh, albums were before that, um, which is fine. But they're also not like very. There's not really much to them, mm. <laughs> and sometimes that works. Like it seems like kind of like word salad sometimes, and sometimes that works um, on the album, but uh, sometimes it doesn't. Shall we segue? We sh- of to uh, speaking of of, of let's uh, I got okay, speaking got yeah I, yeah <laughs> speaking of uh, words that mean nothing. <laughs> uh, are you gotta love it for the week? Is climate change by Pitbull? <laughs> this is 2017 yeah. full length record. By the way, I'm still obsessing over albums that came out in 1993. <laughs> Tools Undertow came oh, out in shit. 1993. Uh, oh, that's yeah, yeah that's good. '93 yeah. was a big year. Like tool, yeah, yeah. Tools of band I was into. My friend Jack. Yeah. Rancid by Rancid came out in 1993. Wow. Um, yeah. Sorry, but um, Pitbull. Pitbull. So the way this came about is we were trying to decide. It's always hard for me, anyway, to come up with a "You Gotta Love It" music yeah. edition because, like, because it's subjective. Yeah. I can usually, as a you know person who appreciates music and a musician can find something even in music that i don't enjoy listening to to be like right oh well they do that well right which seems pretty fitting for this podcast right yeah so but with that in mind it, it, when i when i do find those specific things about an artist that i whose music i don't really care for if, yeah. I, if I enjoy you know little aspects of it or just like get some ideas from it or some inspiration mm-hmm. it, it's not bad anymore in my mind right. you know like it's still it's redeemable mm-hmm. and so it's hard for me to think of an album where i'm like Bleh, i would never listen to this which leads us to <laughs> well yeah i mean it, because it became such a reddit meme that like P- people listeners are essentially the like trump supporters of music I not, I was not aware of that. oh yeah yeah it's a big thing on the internet like to like make fun of people and people fans well that uh, just exists in real life too if you go to places that aren't pitbull shows well, so uh, we were actually talking about this while you were in the bathroom earlier. Pitbull is essentially the hip hop version of um, oh Nickelback. Nick- yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I kind of compare. I went on a kind of a similar tangent and said that it's like the Gap or like Skechers. You know, just some sort yeah. of like. Not that I'm ragging on people that shop at those places, but it's right. like the safest possible most formulaic mm-hmm. but this actually turned into one of the things i liked about it i'll take I, i'll take it a step further though how many people do you know would admit to owning a pitbull album probably not many right not, 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 he, my, not a lot of my close friends but there's so sure. many albums sold that there's no yeah. way that you don't know it's the somebody. same with the nickelback thing right exactly like, like you, you know it's, it's whereas like, like i know like i i probably own some gap stuff upstairs it's not sure. it's not as if i'd be like oh no yeah yeah you know yeah, but I like so. anyway so we decided, you know, offhand, I threw out the comment like, yeah, you know, let's try, let's try oh, yeah. uh, Pitbull. And then I put this record on. It's called Climate Change. Yeah. And I heard a couple lyrics in the first song. Yeah. So immediately I was like, wait a second. Maybe he's trying to send a message. What? You know, the album's called Climate Change. There was like a hint of politics in the first song, like a couple lines about uh, some kind of belief. And I was like, I didn't really catch it. So I went okay. back. And started reading through Sorry, the. Sean, I'm actually really. Sean's face I know. Right like, now. He's just like. Huh. So uh, I started okay. reading through the lyrics, and I I was thinking to myself like, wait, 
maybe like this album has a point mm. and no. that that will be my love it but uh-huh. no, no no it like there's no through line and it turns out i think and it, it's intentionally non-political yeah Yes, and I think the name just ties but, into his other album names. Like I think he's got other albums and album names that have like climate or they're or about heat, heat and rain and barometric. I, I also want to say I'm stuff. I'm really pissed that this is gonna throw my algorithm off on my Spotify. I know <laughs> that was what I was thinking about when I queued it up. Yeah. Okay, look though, I the to expand on the lyrics thing, I I said where was my note? Oh, I said like. Yeah, globalization, I, global warming, meltdown, planet pit. Like this guy's got a thing. Anyways. I I hadn't I haven't had enough time and won't spend the time to go back and really and like you know parse these songs lyrically. Yeah. Because I but I had the same momentary thing as Koji. I think it was in one of the last songs where I was like, it seems like some of the lyrical content is not awful, but it's delivered in such a way that it seems easily ignorable. Yeah. Because he was talking about. <coughs> Stuff that is is very cliche, or I guess you could say, are almost like tropes of like quote unquote urban music, where yeah. it's about like started from the bottom kind of thing. Yeah, but specifically about visible minorities, uh, you know, like um, Latin Americans, people living in Miami, like people who had immigrated, and there was some interesting. I was just kind of, I guess I just wasn't expecting it because I have always associated Pitbull with just like. Uh, annoying ad libs and like really sh- shitty, repetitive, like almost seem like they were purchased on like a stock music site. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, <coughs> electronic like dance beats that yeah. are like uh, inspired by Latin music. Mm-hmm. And like, I think we can all agree there. There's like so much that that type of music has to offer, like Latin music just in yes. general. And it's like when I can you, agree with that. This this. <laughs> He's so popular, and like yeah. when you go to clubs or the type of clubs that have like you know these so-called at least in Toronto Latinites, I yeah. don't know how big he is, right? In like you know Southern Florida or like he's probably outside huge. of the states, sure but huge. like it's like when I listen to it, it's almost a shame. Like I'm just like, yeah, fuck. Like it seems like there's something. I think he just doesn't. Uh, he doesn't like give a shit. Like he knows he knows what he's well, good at and how you know he knows how to make hits and he knows all this stuff. So he doesn't care to delve deeper. Well, but it seems like he could. Like well, if he wanted to, I he think could you're right. do it. And I it's think... just like I'm listening to it like, fuck, dude. Like, just get, hire a different producer. Yeah. That like gives a shit about actually like crafting somewhat. You know, you could still have catchy fucking quadruple platinum hits that yeah. have a beat that doesn't sound like yeah. fucking Casio. Well, anyway, he, uh, so when I was playing it on my phone on Spotify, a uh, little fax would come up, which is the first time I'd seen that on, on a Spotify thing. When really? Playing. Yeah. Uh, and one of the things that ties to, I wrote it down because it, I think it ties directly what you said as a quote from him that uh, the music is 90% business, 10% talent, which I think is the most perfect thing yeah. to describe Pitbull. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, uh, that was really cool. And but it was, it's interesting because there's a couple quotes like uh, you know, and, and Enrique Iglesias is on one of the mm-hmm. uh, one of the. Oh, songs. there's so many features on this. Yeah, album. Like and he's crazy. on one of the features, and uh, he's. <laughs> I laughed out loud when I saw this fact. Um, apparently, him and Pitbull, uh, they uh, they got on together uh, because they both like messing around. That's what it said. They both like messing around. Isn't that the lyrics in the song? That's what the song is called. <laughs> 
<laughs> they were like, so it's like the here's a fun fact about Enrique Iglesias and Pitbull. They're such close friends because uh, they both like to mess around. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, like. And and which is also the only theme I picked up on on this album is just like it's a, it's very like sexist, yeah, uh, very like you know well, women okay. as objects. And before you, uh, the one like the line, uh, the one thing I did know is like he introduces everybody at the start of every song, which is fucking annoying. Yeah, like and he tries to come as like Travis Barker, yeah. and it's like yeah, well I do hear a <laughs> shitty drum beat, and then but anyways, but I it, like even and talking about the sexism, like J Lo is on a track and he says. Uh, the mommy, the mommy with the sexiest body, J Lo. It's like fuck off, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. And I wrote um what? Yeah, because <laughs> that was my reaction. What, was there <laughs> anything that you liked about it? So oh god, I okay. I did say that. Also, the, sorry, sorry to interrupt, but uh, Adam Sandler's "They're All Gonna Laugh at You" came out in 1993. <laughs> <laughs> Just thought you'd like to know that. Uh, I, I made a note that was like use of kind of like watered down electronic, but like toe tapping beats is almost masterful in its like stepped down, softened, like auto tuned out simplicity. Like it's like what you what we were talking about, about the nickelback of of I wouldn't even like it says it's categorized as rap. But to me, it's more of like a popular dance club music. music. Cl- yeah. yeah, it's like club. Yeah, um, it. It's so, to me, it's to, to my ear, listening to it in like, f- with my head, you know, on my mm. headphones, like trying to like actually like pay attention to it is so watered down that it was almost comforting in how non-offensive, like well, you know, not so even lyrically, but just like it's not challenging. Just the whole like, thing. Listening yeah. to it was, was hard because I felt like I was wasting my time, but it was easy because th- it, it wasn't like... It's not like I was listening to a Mars Volta record, you know, where right. I'm like, what the fuck is happening? Like, I have to re-listen to this 80 times to understand what's going on. I think that, to go back to what you were saying earlier about how most people don't listen to music the way that we do, Yeah, I think this music was made for those people. Yeah, oh, I, totally. I, and I, I don't mean that as a judgment. I just yeah. mean that, like, earlier today, I was at a volunteer function where we were uh, stuffing, like, these Ziploc bags with, like, soap and... Um, and shaving kits and like all these toiletries and then that Ziploc bag was stuffed with a bunch of other things into a backpack that was would then be delivered to a homeless person mm-hmm. but in order we had to do like 3,000 of them or something I don't remember what the number was but mm-hmm. they, they had a DJ there playing music as we were working and he was putting stuff on and I'm sure he had put, put on Pitbull at one point and people were just kind of like doing this as yeah. they were stuffing their bags <laughs> and stuff and it was perfect though everyone was happy yeah. you know and I think that like I no, not I think. I know that while I was listening to this album, it made me sort of understand why people are into this sort of thing. Like when you go to a club, it's crazy that people love it. Though. Yeah. No, but I, look, I don't see. I don't. I, here, here's the thing. Yeah. A- and I, I, this is kind of is probably obvious to a lot of people, but like when you go to a club, people are there to dance. It's not about the music they play. Yeah, it's the beat. It's about the dancing, right? Yeah. And, and like the meeting people and whatever. But in order to get like hyped up to dance, there's like a, there's almost like an unwritten rule that like the popular song of that day is like, that's what, where people get hyped. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so like, and you know when it comes on because like I, me having like as a guy who never listens to the radio, doesn't know any of the popular songs. As soon as I hear the first two beats and then all the girls scream, mm-hmm. I'm like, 
oh, this is like whatever that song is now. Well, and there's like usually like a hook that people like to sing along to. Yep. But and that's one thing I did notice about this album, which I don't I don't necessarily think is a good thing. Um, but uh, his all his hooks are other songs. Like that's the, that's a yeah. thing on this. Like uh, there's the, the, the him tra- him doing him Travis doing Kaisa. Yeah, like the, the first track, track yeah, the is um, uh, Love is a Battlefield. Right. And then there's the song later that's the uh, Soup Dragon version of but the uh, of the R- Rolling Stones tune. I, that, I think that's just this type of music right now. Because like, I, when I do, yeah. so when I do turn on my car in the morning, yeah. before I plug my phone in to like listen to podcasts or listen to music, I have to wait for the my, my car system to boot up. Mm-hmm. And in that time, the radio goes on. And I always hear... You know that song, that new radical song that was really popular? Like, oh, Steal My Sunshine? Oh, is that the one? No. no. You got the, you got oh, the yeah, music I'm sorry. in you. That was Len, dun, Steal My Sunshine. Dun, yeah. dun. Which, that album is great, and I tell people that every right. time, but nobody it? listens to but it. There is a, but the, there guy is a, a, the guy was a fucking asshole. I remember, I'm sorry, it's not what we're talking about, but I remember <laughs> seeing an interview with him, and I think it was that guy, or maybe it was Len, and he was like, he's like this all anti-corporate Bullshit no, it guy. definitely wasn't. Was this it guy. Len then? Maybe I it might have been because my sunshine guy. This guy mix them up. Uh, the New Radicals guy is a songwriter by yeah. trade, and like uh, you know, w- wrote pop songs and stuff. So yeah. he definitely wasn't anti-establishment uh, in, yeah. in any regard. But um, there's a there's a new popular song that is that song, and I don't mean it's that song like you know, it's the same tune or whatever it's like the same words yeah. the same song sung yeah. by a different guy mm-hmm. but with like a more they're like standards now dance version of it yeah and then the chorus is just like uh they take snippets of his voice and like you know auto-tune it or whatever so it's like meh, 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 yeah. you know and it's like wait so the the whole song is just this other guy's song <laughs> yeah right but like i feel like that and it's not that's not pip this song that i'm referring to right now mm. and i wish i knew what it was is not pitbull but it's just but it's like the same idea he does yeah. that all through the whole album. but that's what i'm saying i don't yeah. think it's exclusive no, to no, pitbull. no no no, no it's think, not i think if there was a little bit more original content in it mm-hmm. i would have less of an issue with it for the simple fact that like you've said you know we we're talking about like country and folk music and you're yeah. talking about like standards and like there's songs that like have been re-recorded by like different like like fucking like 60 different yeah, artists totally. and maybe not all of them are good probably not all of them are good but there's like a handful of them that are good mm. so much so t- to the extent that like people sometimes don't know common commonly you don't know who the original yeah. songwriter was and i think that like something that's interesting is that that seems to be an area where that has always, I mean, I don't know. I don't actually know the history, but I feel like it's something that people don't talk shit about. Like it's been no. kind of accepted. But yeah. with the advent of things like hip hop and sampling and remixing and electronic music, people are always so fast to like tear that shit apart yeah. as saying that these people, you know, they don't have the right to do this. They don't have the talent. And I'd say that much like in the old days, that is largely true. Yeah. But there are lots of examples. I don't think we've touched on any of them today, but there are <laughs> examples of like yeah. of people covering songs yeah. or just, you know, we call it just covers now, I guess, yeah. you know, as opposed to like some of them have been covered so many times, you yeah. know, band, particularly bands from like 93 or like the early yeah. 90s, late 80s, where people have done like amazing versions of these songs. And it just kind of depends on the type of music you make how popular you are and like where it kind of sits in the pop culture, like layer cake that decides whether you're either going to be like torn apart for doing that or like lauded for like reinterpreting it in a way that's like 
Anyway, so yeah. it's kind of interesting. But yeah, I don't know. Coming back to Pitbull, I think there's, just, oh, I was, I was just going to yeah. say on your point, I think especially as it goes through like hip hop culture, I think there's a lot of racism behind that. Mm. Um, I think it's a combination. Well, there's more than this, but the two things I see is uh, the obvious one being racism, like <laughs> uh, young black men from like urban centers mm -hmm. creating uh using you know stealing someone else some white guy's music like those poor guys in led zeppelin who can't afford you know what i mean like yeah. but I, I think also <laughs> i think it's a combination of that mixed with um the way it came about i mean uh, when these albums were made they weren't trying to get rights for these songs you know there and yeah. i think that rubbed people the wrong way yeah um and you mix that with good old-fashioned racism and you got yourself an issue perfect storm perfect <laughs> yeah storm yeah, I was listening to that. It's slightly off topic, but I was listening to Ill Commun uh, sorry, uh, to Paul's Boutique the other day. Yeah, yeah. And, oh, I saw that you picked uh, that up, eh? What an album. At oh, Winners or something? At Winners for 19 oh, bucks. Crazy. But what an album, man. It, like, and an album that like has so many samples. Like, oh, yeah. You couldn't make that album nowadays. I, for like, what they paid like nothing for those samples. I still, yeah. to this day, am blown. My mind is blown when I, uh, like my buddy Kagan, who... We should get on here one of these times or have have to he, he voiced an interest in coming to one of our record listening parties. Okay. The guy like playing like old, you know, soul or blues or these old records. And when I hear something that has been sampled, mm -hmm. he's super into hip hop. So he frequently plays stuff where I'm just like, oh, shit, this is that. You know, oh, like right yeah. the first time I listened to like Quincy Jones, Qu um, fucking brain farting on the song. But yeah. Far oh, Side sampled it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, just like Dream when I fit. hear that and I make that connection, I'm just like, oh, fuck. And that's so, I think it's sweet. And then I want to listen to the old music, like yeah. to hear the whole thing. Like even tonight, like yeah. as our Lawrence uh, people moving uh, record that just like, anyway, kind of getting off topic, but I just think it's, uh, I don't know, it's weird. Pit, pit ball, pit, pit ball, pit, pit ball, <laughs> ball pit. pit ball didn't really do any of these things that i like no you know and i think that no it's, what was kind of it's very cynical to me like it's it's very yeah. much like it's very much Cashing like business it's very business yeah. it's 90 percent business 10 percent talent yeah but i think that's what people there's certain people who are into that sort of thing to you know oh, like totally. they well, want obviously they want the formula because it's like a comfortable comfortable blanket yeah. and I, again i don't mean that in like a no, i get it in a totally. negative way it's just it's just easy by the way uh, Doggy Style by Snoop Doggy Dog came out in 1993. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And The Sign by Ace of Base came out in 1993. Jesus, what a year. Yeah. What a year. <laughs> We've learned I, a lot about 1993 <laughs> today. Yep. Uh, well, so do you guys have any recommendations for the week? I think uh, I think we're done talking about Pitbull. Yeah, or are we not? basically, like, uh, I was trying to think of what I liked, and I think there was one, like, synth bass line I liked on the whole album. I think that's what I like. And like, yeah. I had to really listen for that. I was, and there was, was a song like, I listened to where I was like, yo, this would be really cool if he had gotten like a, a Dirty South, like a genuine, like a legitimate, yeah, you know, talented, like somebody from the sort of Dirty South school of rapping yeah. to like well, rap on this beat, but he didn't. So what I like about it though is, again, I guess maybe this goes back to what you, the quote that you got from him, but like, he knows his market. Well, he knows his market. Yeah. yeah. Give the people what they want. Yeah. yeah. Do you know what I mean? And, oh, and, it, sure. and like, but that's not an easy thing to do. Like, mm, no. you know, if no. you sat down, like, let's just say that I couldn't do it. No, no, definitely not. If we sat down, <laughs> the three of us together and formulated a song, not based on our interests, mm -hmm. but based on let's give, let's make a song that is inoffensive that people will like. Yeah. You know, let's try it. 
Just pick a genre. Let's try it. Yeah, let's try no, it. We'll, it's we'll, got to be that just po- yeah. popular genre. Yeah, the genre. that dance. We'll, it just pull, dance pulls from yeah. everything. That's where it's going. It's got. We'll play it on the. We'll play it on the next uh, <laughs> next episode, and you'll see how fucking terrible it is. It won't yeah. even sound remotely like a pitbull song. But it might. But but it might be fucking great because we'll fail at what we tried to do and create something fantastic. Which yeah. is that's those. So you the just best really things. pulled it full. You just tied everything. I together. know. I have yes, one, with a little one bow. more thing to say about pitbull before com- before we completely move on, and this is kind of a challenge to the listener. If there is somebody listening to this that is like, oh, actually, like there's an old pitbull song from mm-hmm. like fucking like a long time ago because yeah. he's been making music for yeah. longer than I think anybody really actually realizes that's actually good. You know, like people don't like Black Eyed Peas. Mo- people, right, because they didn't them, hear the like, first album. Like, yeah, yeah. But then like if you listen to like pre-Fergie, yeah. no disrespect to Fergie, I'm not like trying to call you out, but like... Your girl Ferg. It, shit is fucking... <laughs> it's like a good yeah, yeah. record. And yeah. if you listen to uh, Will I Am's production work, like he has a beat generation. Uh, it's like just like him doing production mm-hmm. stuff there's some features on it but it's really good and you can kind of mm. see that this person you know you can see the evolution of yeah. where they went and why they went that I, way i'd like to hear that too yeah. because I, I fun thing when i was listening to the album like i would just like blank out because mm-hmm. it was so samey every mm-hmm. track that i wouldn't know uh, to the point where at one point i looked down and i was four tracks out of the album into like you know how they play other songs and they played they played four different pitbull tracks from other records of his and i didn't realize it was a different album so yeah yeah. but but i am curious though if someone if someone i just like you could say that about a lot of records no you could you're right the the, the challenge so the challenge is yes if you know if there's something that you're like no this is actually like good you know it maybe is like he applied himself a little bit more was like a little bit more engaged or something like sure like by all means please let me know because there are many cases of artists that I have dismissed like two chains is a good example two chains when i first heard two chains i remember being like this is like annoying like i didn't hate him i was just like i am not into this at all and then i don't even it was recently maybe like uh i might have been on the last de la soul record or something okay he he raps like he raps he doesn't just Mm. do like two chains and then like repeating you know like that sort of like it's not really to me, it's not like he's rapping. Right. It, it's in rap music, but he's kind of just like saying it's more things. like hype man. There, yeah, like and there's the like a lot man, of repetition right. and stuff. But then, but then I've heard him now on several tracks where he's like rapping, right? He's like actually rapping, and in a way where I'm like, oh shit! Like I'm actually, mm-hmm. I'm impressed. Like I'm engaged, and I'm like, okay, so like it gives me that respect where I'm like, even if there's a lot of his songs and maybe not even his records that I'm into, <coughs> I know that like. It gives him a cred for me where I'm like, okay, I can appreciate like that he, like you're saying, he yeah. knows to give the people what they want, what people know 2 chains for. Yeah. But he's also able when he wants to, <laughs> you know, it's cra- it's crazy even to me that De La Soul, mm. like yeah. how that happened. You know, that they were just like, yeah, that's to a me weird, they're so like, different, I forgot so about well. that. That's how I feel about Riff Raff. Yeah, I haven't heard a Riff Raff song yet where I was no, like, I'm oh, t- I'm ca- I, that was a total joke. I thought <laughs> you'd pick up on that immediately. No, I don't know. Who knows? I've never, I don't think I've ever listened to any How? Riff Raff at all. Yeah. But, okay. but that's why. Yeah, I, yeah. Yeah, I guess so. So I, I think all now's right. a good time, uh, you know, Riff Raff notwithstanding to, to give go some back, let's go to the records. Re- recommendations. Do you have a record lined up? Uh, yeah, I have a, a couple things. Um, one record I played for you guys earlier uh it, that came out in 2015 uh i'm gonna mess up the names the album is called junin j-u-n-u-n uh by shy ben zur 
the Rajas, well, I, I can't even see the whole name, uh, this like horn orchestra and uh, Johnny Greenwood from Radiohead. So it's like this Indian music with uh, Johnny Greenwood producing and adding uh, his flourishes to. Uh, and the thing I love about it is that uh, when usually when you hear things like that, it's usually like really great uh, music from another country and some, you know, some white guy making shit over top of it. But the one thing yeah. I liked about this was like Johnny Greenwood really like adds, you know, he's there, but he really kind of, he's really subtle about it and he really understands what's important in the music. Uh, it's a great listen. I don't know what you guys thought of it, but I played a couple tracks earlier. Yeah, I was it. There's a lot of really cool, like deep, dark sounding bass type mm-hmm. stuff coming in after you, these like really complex kind of like <coughs> uh, beats that you come to, you know, you're kind of familiar with and that, uh, that i guess just area of music yeah. you know? it was a lot my, more high energy than i was expecting yeah yeah it was really it's really great uh it, so check that out um yeah, and then if i can make one more recommendation please do um this was something i i don't even i don't know much about this album honestly i when i was list, right before i had to sit down and listen to pitbull i uh <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I was I, there's another thing I'm doing where I had to where I have I'm gonna have to talk about a few songs that like influenced me and I was looking up the Bob Dylan song um, Ballad in Plain D which is one of my favorite songs and I found a cover of that and it led me to this album of this beautiful singer so the album is by a guy named Paul Ang Anguiz Paul A N Q U E Z but the singer on its name is Isabel Sorling uh, it's like S O with like a you know, umlet on top of it, R L I N G. Uh, they do a cover of that song, and they do a bunch of it's. It is gorgeous. Her voice is beautiful. Um, I'm not too sure where she's from, uh, but uh, what a singer. Um, it's kind of bit jazzy. Uh, they do a cover of that Dylan tune. Anyways, look it up. That's the only music I can find on Spotify with her name. Um, I've looked up other bands, and I'm like trying to like hunt down. Uh, I, there's one record that she's on that I'm trying to hunt down now because her voice is beautiful. Cool. Nice. Cool. Yeah. Oh, I forgot to mention. Forgot to mention with my notes that I feel like Pitbull is the my boss's daughter of music. Or, uh, f- for for reference, that's like the one movie that we watched that I could not find anything. Oh, okay. To like. <laughs> it's like the reigning champ right now. It's like the reigning. That being said, un- you seem to f- like get like say the most positive things about the but album out of but the not US. not about the the. The things that I appreciate about it have nothing to do with the actual songs. Yeah, yeah. Okay. You know, what'd you guys think of Joe Perry from Aerosmith, Aerosmith on that one song? Anyways, it doesn't matter. It's bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> he just uh, he just showed up and collected his check and then left. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I we've talked a lot about music, and I could recommend music, <coughs> but I'm actually going to recommend a comic oh. that is. Literally, the first issue just came out, and it could not be good. Versus? No, that's not out yet. Oh. But I fucking can't wait for that. That will probably be a recommendation when it comes out. I'm not even going to elaborate on that for now. Mm-hmm. But look it up if you're curious. Versus? Okay, yeah. cool. Um, no, so years ago, the original uh, miniseries, Old Man Logan, by Brian Michael Bendis and Steve McNiven, or sorry, Mark Miller, excuse me, and Steve McNiven came out and it was amazing. It was like mm-hmm. one of, still one of my favorite arcs ever. And since then, they've, I mean, I haven't read it, so I'm, it's kind of unfair for me to say this, but I liked that they did not continue it. Like it, it ends on a somewhat satisfying note and they could have done a second arc, which I would have liked to see. But 
I'm not super thrilled about the way that they continued it because they brought him back and Old Man Logan is like a current ongoing comic mm. uh, mm-hmm. in, in the main Marvel Universe. Anyway, it was, it was a really cool world that they built where the villains won. Probably even recommended it on this show before, but essentially the story is that it takes place in a post-apocalyptic future where the villains teamed up. The Red Skull basically united all the villains and was like, we got to stop fighting these guys one-on-one. Right. They kill all... They win. Like, they kill all the heroes and they they turn the world into, like, a horrible wasteland. They, they divide up the spoils. Mm-hmm. And it... it if, you're a ner- if you're a comic... Marvel Comics nerd, it was so brilliantly done. Like, the world building and, like... Because they don't go into great detail explaining what happened. You can kind of piece it together. And it essentially is a road trip story where... By the way, th- those are my favorite stories where they don't just feed you everything. Oh, it's amazing. Oh, yeah. Like, one of my... F- so, so Hawkeye, the story's about Wolverine and Hawkeye. Oh, okay. Uh, Wolverine, because, you know, he basically lives forever, is, like, right. old as fuck, and he's got a family, and he's, like, living on his own, and he gets roped into this sort of adventure with Hawkeye, who's now blind, mm-hmm. and is, like, fucking super old, like, long white hair, wears these, like, blackout glasses. So he's not much of a Hawkeye anymore. Exactly. Okay. But it's amazing. Like, they go on this road trip. For example, they pass, like, this crater with Mjolnir in it, and, like, it's this people make a pilgrimage, like, regular people that are now living in this horrible dystopian future, like, hoping, like, this is where Thor fell, and they're, like, praying that, like, he'll return to deliver them. (coughs) A giant man died when he was big like during one of the last epic battles and mm-hmm. he's just a skeleton and Whoa. this highway goes through his like rib cage into Whoa. the city and like the hulk owns like the entire west coast and he's like done all this inbreeding it's it's super dark and fucked Sounds up but it's it. amazing Jesus. which one's this? this it's called old man logan oh yeah that's yeah. all just to lay the groundwork old man hawkeye just came out issue one. Oh, so what oh, they've done shit. what they've done is <laughs> they it's not the same it's not uh, Miller and uh, oh. Miller and McNiven, unfortunately. McNiven did do a variant cover. But I just picked up the first issue. It came out this past week. And I quite enjoyed it. They did a really good job of matching the tone. And even, I mean, Steve McNiven is a fucking, like, god, as far as I'm concerned with his mm-hmm. penciling. But, like, the art is very good. And it takes place five years before Old Man Logan. So Hawkeye oh, is not cool. yet blind. It's a prequel. Yeah. But he's b- it's like a sequel to what's happening... In the current Marvel universe, because it takes place in the future, but it's a prequel to Old Man Logan. Oh, jeez! And I don't even fully know the story yet. <laughs> Comics, but all, all so much I, going on. All I know is that it's—he's just been given the diagnosis. He—he he ends up getting into this scrap with some like thugs, mm-hmm. and he misses one of them. And it's like the first time in his life that he's missed. And he right. goes to Claire Temple, who, if you watch the Netflix yeah, show, I know you'll Claire be familiar Temple. with. She's also old. I'm glad she's still. Alive. I'm glad yeah. she's still alive. She basically tells him that he has this like aggressive. He has like glaucoma. He's going blind and smoke that weed, bro. There's nothing that they, <laughs> there's, there's nothing that they can do to really stop it. And uh-huh. he's get, basically going to be going blind. So she's like, I'll, you know, all I can say to you is like, if there's something that you want to see or do, that you need, like you need your vision for, you should do it now. Right. And that kind of kicks off this like he, like most heroes, kind of because they're so broken, the ones that are like in hiding, like they've turned to not like a life of crime, but like they're not as yeah. heroic as they yeah, once yeah. were. And so this kind of like kicks him into this like heroic mode again, where he's like, I need to do something with my life. Cause like, right. I'm not going to have this ability that yeah, any, anyway, I just like, the reason I'm recommending it is because the first one is, is such a brilliant book and I really enjoyed it. And I haven't really been paying to any attention to anything they've been doing with the old man Logan character since that story because mm-hmm. you just can't live up to it. Right. But 
just the first issue of this, I'm already kind of like, okay, like I'm kind of into where they're going with this. It's got the same tone, just lots of cool shit happening. Cool. Like it's amazing. It's, right it's pretty neat. Nice, nice. So Old Man Hawkeye, check it out. Nice. And I, I apologize to the creators of it because I cannot for the life of me remember any of their names right now. Right. Well, we can like post that. Well, let's the see when they finish the whole series, if it's any good. Yeah. Maybe we don't have to remember their names. Yeah, exactly. So my recommendation for the week is the restaurant that just we, oh we my guys. Oh God. Dinner at. I changed my recommendation, <laughs> <laughs> which is a, a barbecue restaurant uh, that just opened in Toronto. Are you sure you want to recommend this? I know it's that's good for, it's good for them. I, yeah. I've been like struggling with like, do I really want to blast this out to my social media? Or I know. Just, like, I, I know all your, all your followers. All your, all your, they're but like no, my every word. followers. The, the, the <laughs> East End is still like a kind of a no-fly zone for a lot of people. Shut, shut, shut up, shut up. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's a place that uh, opened a couple weeks ago that I've been kind of raving about to anyone who will listen. But it's uh, called uh, Beach Hill Smoke. It is arguably, and when I say arguably, it means that I will argue this, probably the, <laughs> the best barbecue that I've had in the city yet. Oh, I, shit. It's I've, a bold statement. Yeah. And it, before tonight, I would have been like... You're full of shit. You're full of shit. You're full of shit, Koji. Best ribs I've ever had. Best ribs? Uh, I, I think, think we all agree that was the best ribs we've ever had. Yeah. That was all they had left, so... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, so far, I mean... Granted, so far I've only had brisket and ribs, but which uh, is all you need to know about a smokehouse. Yeah, but both of those were amazing. So, uh, yeah, I strongly suggest that uh, if you can, you guys check it out because it was delicious. And they are the loveliest people. Yeah, I'm. I've I'm met. genuinely excited to go back. So to go. Restaurant. They need. They deserve. They deserve yeah. the uh, the people going there. Even though that's going to ruin it for us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was great. It was a great. It was one of the best meals I've had out in a long time. And yeah. it was like. And the funny thing, the thing that has me really excited about it is Koji's been like bigging it up to me, but then we got there today and and oh, yeah. we rolled in and they were just like, <laughs> oh, Yo, yeah. we got like, we have like nothing left. And we were just like, oh, and they're like, oh, we found a couple pounds of ribs. We can give you. Yeah, behind the and, fridge. And a little bit of sides. <laughs> so it was like, it. What? I'm not saying that, like, nothing about it. It was the highest quality, you know? Like, it's oh, not yeah, like yeah, yeah. I was it. kidding. It was like yeah. bottom of the barrel. But yeah. it just was like, they were so picked clean. But what they were able to give us, even though they were picked clean, was so oh. amazing that I was like, what if we went here, like, right when it opened? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my you God. You know what I mean? Like, for, oh, what, geez Louise. What riches we would have in yeah, exactly. of, uh, you know? Yeah. All right. That is a great recommendation. Yeah. Uh, so check it out, guys. I think that's it for us. Yeah, man. Any other parting words before we go? Yeah, you got, we so. got, got Do you want to like tell people to like, you want to I mean, look me up. Oh, yeah. Look me up uh, Um You can get my album, Spotify, uh, Topaz, and actually all my albums, Spotify, um, Apple Music, wherever you get music, you can get my music. Where all good music can be. Um, if you want to download it, I would suggest going to my Bandcamp page because that's where I get the most money, uh, which is just, I think it's just Bandcamp slash sean clark or something but just look it up on a google search anyways uh and i have records and cds around too so if you if you do any record shop in toronto you can find that at sonic boom you got any of those fancy colored vinyls left for the old i do uh, yeah i did uh i did a hundred special nice. edition colored pink vinyl um highly recommended if you're, nice. if, if yeah, you're a so fan of like 
just dope looking. It looks miles. great. Yeah. yeah so uh, they're going fast. So if you you can still get them at like Sonic Boom and Tonality and uh, a couple other places. Tonality, haven't been there. Yeah, good place. Yeah, it's, Tonality. It's, it's been a while. Yeah. I haven't nice. been there in a bit. Good place. I like it there. Yeah, it's good. All right. All right. Cool. Thanks, thanks guys. Hey, thanks for having me. I love this.
Dot, dot, dot.